This episode of Pondering Nerdcast was brought to you by GamingRebellion.com. Join the community today at GamingRebellion.com, where it's more than just games. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Pondering Nerdcast. This is episode 86. Uh, with me tonight is Alyssa Spector. Nate Rowe. Yo. And Dwayne Samuels. What's going on? All right. Okay. Still a little loud, but we'll turn you down in post. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and also me, Lance John, uh, one of your other hosts as well. Uh, so we have some pretty cool stuff for you guys tonight. Um, the good thing we do our show when we do it because there's been some breaking news and may or may not make you happy or, you know, whatever. <laughs> like like it matters um <laughs> but you know we'll see what happens with how you feel about the whole thing but anyway um we're going to start off with some tech here and um so waymo has i, I don't know if you guys know anything i don't know how much i would say the audience or you guys on the show know about self-driving cars and that sort of thing um the whole technology and how long it's been uh, I want to say this is this sort of thing has been in like serious development in the last ten years or so, maybe longer. And um, Waymo is another one of those self-driving technologies that has come further, where they can now cut out human drivers for their road tests and stuff like that. Um, which is was a bit of a shock to me because the last time I looked up, I checked on this like piece of technology. It you they I believe they had to, they had to have um, humans in the cars, like they had to have someone there as a backup, like a fail-safe thing. And now they're, I guess they've moved past that, and now they can do this sort of thing. So, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure certain sort of like laws in different states and whatnot will probably require them to have uh, some sort of driver behind the car, or maybe not. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> but what, what do you guys think about the whole self-driving thing? that these companies have been, you know, messing around with for a while? Um, I, you know, I'm not 100% sure about it because, you know, technology, there's, there's always, you know, there's always can, there's always risks and there's always problems. But if it's 100% safe, I'm all for self-driving cars because you have no idea how many times I'd be stuck waiting for a red light because, you know, everybody just moves. One at a time. I'm just like, why can't we all move together as one? But, you know, I guess everybody has that two to five second delay to be like, oh, that person's going. Now it's time for me to go. Like, and then, you know, the time they all finally move, it's like I'm stuck at the red light again. So, yeah, see, like I like I said before the show, I think this is only this can only work in that type of environment in a very heavy urban environment. Um, major cities, you know, stuff like that. But even then, it's probably going to be super limited on even even where it can go in the major cities. Like, I mean, I live in a very rural area in Florida, so it's a lot of country roads around here and dirt roads and, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, you know? And, like, those cars just would not be able to, A count for the conditions of the roads because the roads narrow 
as we as we get heavy rains. Like the roads narrow, they gotta have dirt trucks come out and refill ditches and refill stuff that narrows and narrows and narrows. Like it gets to the point there are some dirt roads where it's like the two cars cannot pass at the same time. Like if you like whoever's the bigger car, you get to pass first because the other car just needs to stop you. <laughs> so like I mean, that's basically the etiquette of driving down here. And there's no way that a a driverless car could account for those type of that's just, you know, one instance. But that's there's no way a driverless car can make that. We're not producing some AI here. This thing is just clearly running off of here's a street uh, that's programmed into my shit. I can I know the speed limit of this street and it has sensor monitors and stuff, but we're not. It's not making judgment calls and stuff like that. Like that's what scares me about it is, you know, humans are able to make these split second. Somebody pulls out in front of you, you know what I mean? And and I'm sure that they have, they've accounted for that stuff in some sort of way, but I don't know. The only good I see in this is that you no longer have to call a potential rapist from Uber to like pick you up. You know what I mean? Like that's that's really like because there's so many bad stories coming out about Uber and shit. So it's like that's the only good I see in this is that you know, hey, you don't have to rely on some creep to come pick you up and take you to the airport. You can go go driverless. I don't know. <laughs> what about you, doing? What do you think about this type of technology? I should mention that Waymo is a um, more or less a department of Google's um, self-driving car arm. So, uh, you know, yeah, keep that in mind, I'm, if that makes any sense. I, I mean, I'm looking from a positive standpoint, like, you know, we always have a lot of, you know, drunk driving stuff. So, I mean, that'd be good for that. But I was just reading, like, did they, did they, did they, ugh, I'm stuttering. They only tested it in, um, what you call it, let's just say dry land. They didn't really give out no tests or feedback of how it did it. Like, you know, like they said, like, you know, you know, bad road conditions with weather. So it's like, until we get how those tests are you know, we can't really trust it yet. But I mean, to me, it sounds like a good idea. We'll cut down on some stuff, like, you know, some, some accidents, but I need more information, like, you know, of how we're driving bad weather. This would be just really give it a good trust. I mean, it's also, you know, if you think about it, man, it could also potentially, potentially, and, and I say that because I, I don't know stats and I, I'm talking out of my ass right now, but just my first thought is like, you know how sometimes, when you're driving, um, you'll, you'll wave a per like, say you come to a four way stop and two people come up or three people come up and we're doing the waves to like, let people go first or whatever. You're just being nice. Yada, yada, yada. The driverless car doesn't understand that shit. You know what I mean? Like the driverless car is not going to see a wave. Somebody telling it, go ahead, driverless car. You know what I mean? Um, so how does it make decisions like that when it comes to that, uh, that type of an intersection? Or, uh, you know, like it, there's just little things about it that are, that are just uneasy. Like it, as a human, we can tell when somebody's about to do something dumb, sometimes at least. Right. Like if we see somebody on the highway swerving, we're like that drunk bastard should not be driving on the highway. <laughs> I'm going to reduce my speed to adjust so that I don't get close to this idiot who's swerving from side to side. Well, like so. Well, that's the thing. If everybody was driving like a self-driving car, nobody would feel the need to like wave, like here, come over here. Like you know, if we come so advanced to the point where it's like the cars know when 
they have to go and the other self-driving cars are aware that this car is going like that's the thing they would have to make it so like the self-driving yeah you're cars... talking about a perfect society though, yeah. that has all of these in place already right exactly. like that's you, that's the thing that's the only way this technology can really work is if everybody had a self-driving car and then it would be like perfect you know harmony <laughs> uh yeah, well, see, that's what I'm saying, though, is like, uh, I guess that's where my train of thought, though, is is the, the fact of it is, is that's not going to be what it is, right? They're going to put these driverless cars out on the road, and then those driverless cars are going to have to somehow interpret human shit that we've just gotten used to driving over the years, you know what I mean? Like, we've just gotten used to little things, like very small little details that a, a computer or something built on sensors might miss, is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there, there's that whole, like, how do you deprogram an entire nation from the many, many, many years of driving um, skills and just the whole, I guess, community and culture? Um, like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably see some form of self-grabbing car, like, implemented on a mass scale, definitely in urban places, like um, Nate suggested. Um, and, like, I, I can see that maybe come into new york city for like taxi cabs <laughs> um that'd be a bit of a disaster i'm pretty sure it would take a little while to come here but um it's it's i mean i i mean i like it i think it's a it's an interesting idea i think it's a really cool especially if you're in a city that you're not familiar with um but then again you don't really get all that back and forth with the cab driver, like, hey, what's a good place to go eat? Because what the car is going to tell you, you know, it, like, here's some Uber Eats area know. you can go. They'll, or something. They'll, yeah, they'll just <laughs> yeah, put like, yeah. well, you know, a lot of taxi cabs now they have like screens in the back of the, the car screen. where they play yeah. like commercials and news and. Yeah, you don't have to talk to the cabbies today either. You know, they, you, <laughs> you can don't have, have like a screen. Them. Like, if you're in a self-driving like service, like taxi cab, you can just like look at a screen and be like, uh, oh, here's the, uh, you know the local favorites like and you know you just browse and see like like it's a catalog it shows like oh here's the the four star michelin rated restaurants that you can go to you know yeah yeah i I don't know man take anything i say with a grain of salt because like again i live in a rural area and we don't we don't have taxis like that like you may see one taxi every other month driving down the road because they pick somebody up to take them to an airport or something, which is way out of town. You know what I mean? But no, like we, I, I it's, it's probably just got to be such a weird perspective difference when, you know, you guys live in New York and at least to my knowledge and the way it's portrayed on TV is taxis are fucking everywhere. Like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah. And it is, down it here, is. it is like, if you, if you went outside, <laughs> if you went outside, of your house down where I live and just like went taxi, just like standing next to the side of the road, you'd be there for months. I mean, they're not, it, it depends on what part of the city cause it, and it depends on the time because you could be, you could be at a place in time where it's just like, it's impossible to get a taxi because everybody's getting a taxi and it's like, you'll be standing there for like 10 minutes. Like where the hell is a freaking available taxi? Uh, and but and some taxi yeah, taxi taxi drivers can be assholes too because like you tell them like here can you take me to this uh, restaurant and they'll intentionally take like the long way to you know 
charge you more for you know their oh, fare. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jeffy been to boost up the, the fare. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> shitty. You know what I mean? But like now they're competing with with driverless cars, right? And like I'm right. sure if you talk to the average taxi driver, they would be like, "Fuck these driverless well, taxi cars." Taxi drivers had issues with just. Uber and Lyft, I think. Like they were trying to get the get them yeah, banned from the, New York well, City. The taxi driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean that's like a whole thing unto itself. And I mean, I don't know. Would you would you rather deal with I guess the asshole slash creep who could be picking you up and overcharging you slash raping you, or would you be cool with the fucking driver and they're, they're don't get me wrong there are good uber drivers and good cab drivers out there and they're i'm sure you know what i mean so I'm, I'm i know not everyone is but it's just you hear so many bad things coming from these from these like uh, there's a story every other week in the in the you know about some uber driver that went crazy and stabbed somebody or fucking I mean, did some crazy shit and it's like man i'm surprised ugh. like oh. you know knock on wood i'm i'm thankful like all the experiences i've had with uber and lyft drivers are fine but i've always been in a car with friends so you know uh but they were all yeah still, you like, should never do that no, shit no. It's, that's that's, good- that stuff's scary but uh you know they have like um you know they've so far just been like super nice and friendly so maybe it's i don't know maybe i live in a nice area (laughs) again this is coming from a guy who lives in a rural area who would have no need to call uber anyway but i'm just saying like (laughs) you know so it's a big big culture difference yeah Yeah. exactly well well, waymo good luck yeah (laughs) good luck in all that entails we'll see where you know i guess we'll see the next 10 years you know if you know, if the country still here, we'll see. But that's another topic. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> moving, moving on to uh, some gaming news. Uh, GameStop has decided to get into the uh, game rental service. And I, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought they were already there, or this is so. This is a new thing that they're doing. Yeah, um, I thought it was something they already did too. It? it seems like something like, okay, that's a thing, like. Yeah, it's, it and it feels it's like, really okay. Late. So they're basically <laughs> like, doing a gamefly thing, yeah. The, okay, so what it sounds like to me, all right. Um, if you if you look through the article, it, it basically there's so many people coming in with old games and and using them almost as a rental service anyway. People will come mm. into GameStop, buy a shit ton of you know, games that they'll play, used games or whatever. And I think GameStop's policy is, you know, you can return those games after a certain amount of time, like used games anyway. You can return them for a full refund within a certain seven amount days. of time. And so, yeah, seven days. Okay, so for some people with no lives, they could take a game home, beat it in three days, bring it back, get their money back, and they just beat, you know, they had the full experience of the game and didn't pay a dime for it technically. You know, so like this makes sense from their standpoint of we're not going to do that anymore. I could see this being followed with a policy change of, you know, lessening the, you know, like you have 48 hours to make sure the game's not broken. And otherwise it's not our problem anymore. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Or a lessening of the time, you know what I mean? From the purchase. Um, I could see it on that standpoint. It makes sense, but uh, it is for used games. So. Keep that in mind. 
I just see problems with this. You go to a GameStop and now you're going to start doing used games for rentals. Like the the guys behind the counter are just not going to give a fuck about those games. Handling is going to fucking be horrible. You're, you're going to get games that are going to be fucking fingerprinted well, up and sticky. Like, and it, makes, just, it makes sense ugh. to use games though, because it's like, it doesn't make sense to like, you know, constantly open a brand new game just for rental. You know, that game, once it's, you know, opened it's now it's a used game so i know but i'm okay so you remember the blockbuster days yeah. right you remember like uh, you remember those days of renting games and you would be so excited about a game and then you'd get it home and for some reason the game just wouldn't work and it would mm. just be heartbreaking it's heart crushing and i just see this what i'm saying is i see that filtering over into this when you have these physical copies of games and now you're changing your business model and your employees have to adapt to that change, you know, like there's just not going to be good. Like there's already not great care taken to these used games. And now you're talking about multiple, multiple, multiple more users are going to be having access to the same one used game. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It just seems like, uh, yeah, but I really don't understand what they're thinking with it. I guess maybe they have that big of a base for customers coming in doing this already. I don't know. No, I, I mean, you have a majority of customers, you know, they like to, um, they rather try using Cause I know me personally, I like to, like, like to try use games or just walk in there, see what's used. Cause even if you're sure about a game, I was getting used. But the main thing that we missed out on was that you got to be one of their power up members to, um, do this thing. You can't just walk in and say, Hey, I want to sign up, um, to get the, to do this, um, to rent games you have to be a power up member yeah but a power up member is and correct me if i'm wrong it's been a while since i've been to a GameStop. but a power up member to my knowledge that's the shit they used to offer with every purchase was like hey do you want to add three dollars to this and be a power up no, member no, no, no. And get no, no, not no. it's 14.99 it's 14.99 like 14.99 a year no, a year a year <laughs> a year Okay. Which isn't yeah. so bad. I, yeah, I have a, a, you know, I have the the power ups reward card. I'm, you know. Yeah, now now they got a second one that gives you twenty percent off instead of ten. But uh, so now they're saying that you have to pay fourteen ninety nine just to get the power up service, and then pay another sixty dollars for six months of game rental service. But there's two services to that. They um they have the the pro and the basic. And then just, just reading further down, you know, they said now they said if you're a basic member too, which is the free card, um you'll be able to do the um you'll be able to um do the uh the rental too. But the only downside to it is that I guess they're only doing it that way because they make sure they can keep track of you from email and uh, email address and house address. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> so they're also collecting data. <laughs> That's what it seems Conspiracy like. Conspiracy theory. <laughs> I mean, every company does this now. They do collect data on their customers. I mean, I mean think about it. So this, think about just walking in yeah. there and say, hey, I want to I wanna write games. You just put down any fake address. So, you know, they got to do something. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly, with my experience with GameStop over the past, the last couple of years, it hasn't been very pleasant most of the time. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I. Yeah, I never had any problems with GameStop with everybody's complaints about them, but I've never also returned any games. Well, it's not even that. It's just um, when you go in there, it's just the atmosphere and how they are and their employees demeanor and stuff like that i look at that sort of thing like um when i go and buy something it's just 
Um, and then constant sell, sell, sell is very annoying. And I, I understand that that's what they're trained to do. That's what their managers tell them to do and their general managers and stuff like that. But on me as a customer, I don't care about any of anything they're doing. All I know is that there's a GameStop there. I like, I want that game. I'm going to go there. <laughs> it's like, you know, I want that game and I'm leaving. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, do you want to put an extra $15? And you like, like, I don't give a fuck. Just I'm here for this game. If it's, I asked you about your program. Man. Yeah, that, that, like they're forced to say that shit because if they don't, yeah. they're fucking, they're going to get evaluated by the whoever their manager is and it's an easy fire and it's an easy way to, to keep cycling employees in and out who don't do it, you know what I mean? And it's yeah not like i i with you like i'm totally with you on i i it's an invasion it's the same as when you go to a website and 17 ads and instantly pop up you're like fuck you get out of my article i just wanted to read this damn article i don't need fucking i don't need an ad from ocean <laughs> shack stop you know what I'm saying? Like, anyway <laughs> I don't need any emotion, Shaq. Thank you. I'm I'm good. Um, it's great, no, but yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, like they have to. The sad part is, is like that guy. As much as you don't want to hear it, that guy doesn't want to be saying it. He has to though. Like he has to fucking say it, or he's in trouble. And it's shitty that. Yeah. That now, now, just imagine this is just going to get added to now their rigmarole. That like now this is one more question just to be like. Hey, would you also like to sign up for our gaming service for sixty dollars for six months? You can have unlimited blah 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 blah. blah. Anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, just <sighs> just another reason why I probably would never work at GameStop because because of stuff like that. I'll probably curse my manager out within the first twenty four hours. <laughs> I worked there. at GameStop, and the most annoying part to me was having to alphabetize those damn walls of games, dude. Like the. Um. Oh my God! Yes, we had the Holy fuck! <laughs> they were retarded. You get so mad at people just pulling down a game no, that, that, and then like putting it up back up anywhere or some shit. You're like, you fucker, motherfucker! Oh, Put it back where you got it. Nah, they, you, you, nah, the worst was oh, the kids coming in when they knock they half get, the wall like, down. That's they'll the go world. up and pick up like five different games <laughs> and then like like go to the. Yeah, put them down, and so they'll just put them down right next to wherever they are, wherever they're just standing. They'll just put them down. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, tip of the hat to all you GameStop workers. (laughs) Pour some some liquor out for y'all, because that sucks to deal with that shit. And and uh, Christmas time's coming up, so. Yeah, I'm get ready for those switch bundles. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but um another another company, I guess I'll say good luck, good luck, uh GameStop with whatever this is. Um sixty dollars for six months. That's another thing too. Sixty dollars for six months, really? Yeah, I mean ten dollars a month is not horrible, but $10. I hate it when companies like wanna charge you huge sums up front for services that because like what they know it's gonna happen is you pay that that huge it doesn't matter if it's this service or Amazon Prime's a good one, man. Like they charge you like a hundred dollars a year or some shit for the Amazon mm-hmm. Prime shit. You can now do it in months, but you originally couldn't. And it was just like, man, you charge that much for one chunk of service. And then you know that people are just not going to take full advantage of the service. So the company's making money in the long run. You know what I mean? Like they're ripping off their customers basically because I don't know their defense is the service is always there if they need it. But I mean, 
I don't know. It's it's like a, mm. let's sell our customers more than they need when we know we're selling them more than they need. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of raunchy. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Nate hates this. In the, in the Sorry. <laughs> in the business of making business. Nate hates this. Uh, Nate hates this. No. Um, moving on to some uh, film news. Uh, this one. Well, took Twitter by storm yesterday, I would say, Monday. We are recording this on a Tuesday. Um, where at first I had to check the sources of this a few times because I it's something I've kind of wished for for a while. So Disney has approached 20th, uh, 21st Century Fox to buy its entertainment assets. Um, so, so to be clear, they're not buying Fox as a whole, not the network, just the like their entertainment arm you know that means they're not buying fox sports they're not buying fox news which would probably be a disaster <laughs> but what i'm saying is like what they're just buying is the entertainment part so like you know all those cartoons and tv shows and the movies and stuff like that that will be under if this deal does go through will be under the um that umbrella um and i should also mention that this includes the fx cable network as well so yeah uh, which oh makes sense because now, now this is my so this is my theory. I know they're probably buying this for other reasons and they're gonna fluff it up, but I have a feeling. Um, and Nate also he said something else. I didn't realize that they owned as well, but I think this is hugely due to the Marvel properties um, because Legion is also an FX, but which is also a Marvel property, and you know there's Blade, there's um, Fantastic Four, there's the X Men. You know, uh, I think there's a few others. I think Ghost Rider is also uh, part of that as well. Uh, yeah, Fox. I think they own like the television rights, not the movie. Um, no, movie rights. I think they own of it, not not the television rights. Um, so it's it's uh, it's you know, I, I mean that's something I've been asking for. It's like, when are you going to just release? Because you know, Sony made a smart uh, deal with. Disney was like, all right, we'll let you co-make the next Spider-Man movie. And I was like, you better because it's good. <laughs> you know, because, and I was like, okay, so maybe we will get good, you know, quote-unquote good movies coming out from those properties going forward, or maybe good TV shows or cartoons or better books, who knows? But that's what's happening. And some people really love this deal, like myself, and some people hate it. <laughs> like, as I say, it's too big. But what do you guys think? So I was mistaken. Before the show, I told you that um, it was something to do with TV rights. That is not true. Um, 20th Century Fox uh, is the distributors on the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. So Mm. all six of those movies, they are uh, in control of uh, distribution of... Yeah. So Disney acquiring this also... Uh, will give them distribution rights to the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. Um, so that's basically now full on control. I mean, that was the last bit of Star Wars that they didn't own, um, as far as I know. I mean, there might be some sort of merchandising rights and shit they don't own, but I mean, as far as the movies go and shit, like um, that's that's now basically saying that now Disney can put those 
those fucking sets out as they want to, you know what I mean? Like the, tr- the original trilogy altogether, or, you know, everything, you know, like box sets and all that shit. Like now Disney will control and all, control all those rights. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great purchase for Disney for sure. I mean, it's a great pickup. Like you're picking up a bunch of properties that you can now, um, you know, warp to fit into your shit. Like with the superhero universe, it's a whole plethora of people just got added fantastic four. Um, you know, like a, a bunch of people just got added. And, um, so yeah, I mean, good for Disney, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, man, that's, that's printing money right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they wouldn't be buying them if they didn't think it would be profitable in the long run for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm quite, I'm, I gotta say, I'm shocked that, you know, 20th century is actually considering selling, you know, like, I mean, unless they come with some ridiculous amount of money, you know, like I have a feeling like this deal is going to go down in the billions if it like ever, oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? It, I, I, I'm going to guesstimate. I know nothing about money. I'm horrible with money, <laughs> but I'm going to guesstimate like 6.5 billion. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Six point five billion dollars. Yes, that's what I'm going to guesstimate. Uh, I don't know. That's a lot of money. That's based on well, Lucas Films. Lucas, or yeah, because Lucas Films was bought for what four point four or something. Uh, something like that. Yeah. I just feel like 20th Century Fox that they're handing over that like they probably have more film assets than. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Ooh, yeah. And, I, you know, ultimately, I, you know, it's just they just want those rights. They just want to be able to because given that um, the, uh, the early announcement this year, um, well, actually, it was like last month, I think, um, where Disney was like, oh, well, we're going to have our own streaming platform. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what what's better than them owning those television rights and owning those other you know shows or whatnot that they can like then put out original content that people more than likely come and flock to them. It's like, Oh, here's the new X-Men show, the, the live action X-Men show. And, you know, Disney has enough money to do that sort of thing all on their own. Like, you know what I'm saying? They don't need a Netflix. They don't need an Amazon or anything like that. They just, just throw money and people probably will flock to this, to this service just to see that show, you know? Um, some parents will have to do it out of necessity. Like I have, uh, oh, yeah, I have yeah. uh, a, par- a group of parents that I'm friends with, and they're like they show their kids uh, Mona Mo- Moana or something. Moana? Moana. I, don't fucking, Moana. I don't fucking know. I don't watch it. It's a great movie. Okay, I'm sure it's a great movie. But what I'm saying, regardless of if the movie's good or not, I was just saying that like their kid, their kids love this movie fucking love this movie and like according Mm. to the parents this is like one of the only movies that shuts them up for two hours and they'll sit there and watch the whole thing and blah 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 you Mm. know so it's one of those things where it's like you take that away from netflix and the parents are probably going to have to flock just out of necessity to keep their friends (laughs) their their kids happy you know what i mean like right you know so it's it's almost uh yeah it's a like again i think it's one of those like they already had it licensed out to other places like Netflix and stuff. So you have your media out there streamed already. And then now you're going to hit people with, Oh, Nope. If you want to keep watching these movies, you're going to have to come to us now. And it's like, man, shady. 
Well, here's an interesting thing. Uh, this one article says that uh, if they if they do plan to like, you know, pull their you know all their stuff from from Netflix and create their own streaming service, it may actually be illegal to do that. Really? Why is that illegal? How? Like because you know of it's kind of like a monopoly in a sense where it you know. Well, no, there there would not be the first company. Like CBS Live is basically that. It's basically if you want any CBS content, you have to pay for CBS. What like the Star Trek Discovery shit? Or, all access. Or it's saying politicians. It says like politicians have started pointing to the dangers of monopolies um, in the economy. So they're saying like, I don't know. It could potentially screw up the economy <laughs> i don't well, know I think if disney like pulls this is that's what they're kind of getting at i, think. I don't think um, i don't think i think the way so uh google actually took a page out of disney's book whereas disney may own a lot of properties but a the, the trick is they let them operate on their own they don't send people like you know it's like no everything you do must have a disney stamp of approval on it like there is the disney first party content that comes straight out of their own studios. And then there is like all the other studios that they own and like just, they just operate under the Disney marketing machine, not versus like Disney company proper. So it's like, it's a bit of a, a workaround. Cause what Google did was they did an alpha, they, what they call it, they broke up the company into alphabet. So, um, whereas it's still Google, but it's just that, all these companies have their own CEOs and their own CFOs and stuff like that. And they're all working independently um, while at the same time serving Google as a whole. So I don't, I don't so it's just, mm, go ahead. it's just like, it's just like what Microsoft did, right? When they had a break, when they brought the company to compete against Pretty each other. Pretty much. Yeah. Cause that way you don't trigger the whole antitrust laws and stuff like that. Um, you know, even though it's, it's, even though it's like, it's kind of like, come on guys. It's like four companies that own all these properties. <laughs> so it's like it's it's still it's still in a way antitrust, um, but legally, like legally speaking, it's not because they, they it's not written in the law that way. So if these politicians want to whine and moan about this stuff, they would have to go and rewrite the law to fit that sort of um, stipulation in there. From what I understand about that particular law, so I don't like I don't see Disney being hit with this. Um, antitrust law anytime soon or anti like monopoly law or anything like that because I have a feeling they're just going to leave FX let them do their thing and just like 20th Century Fox just keep doing their thing and or maybe Marvel will swoop in and just like okay just give us back all our Marvel property and just like then you go ahead and make the rest of whatever movie you want to make you know they just want to they just want to own it and collect money. Well, basically. That, it, yeah. And, and they want the right to be able to take this character and, and do like, they just want the backup rights probably to be able to do what they want with, you know, with these characters yeah. as opposed to there being uh, opposite lore. Like Alyssa brought up a good point about Quicksilver, right? Like there was mm-hmm. two different versions and, in, in, in both of these, um, in these settings. And, um, how do you roll with that? And my immediate thought was, and this could be totally off base, but my immediate thought was since Marvel is probably hands down, it's, we could all say Marvel is probably the better company when it comes to producing superhero films, at least with their outcry from, you know, fans and stuff. 
Um, it'll probably Marvel's lore will probably trump anything if they want to fold these characters in to uh, to the like you know you see Deadpool going into an Avengers movie or some shit like right. <laughs> anyway, it, it'll be good to see if they want to, but it, I. I think you guys are right. It's probably more the it'll be subtle changes and not huge drastic changes. Disney will probably still let the heads of whatever departments keep working on their their own projects and stuff. And um, we'll probably still see 20th Century Fox for a long time at the beginning of movies. Like, I don't think that name's going anywhere. You know what I mean? So highly doubtful. Uh, Like, um, uh, like I don't see most of their stuff changing anytime soon. Um, but you know, I don't know if any politicians or lawmakers listen to the show, but that, that, that would be the only way I would see them actually triggering that whole thing or any sort of investigation, you know, but yeah, we'll see. (laughs) I'm sure there will be some huge movies where they take advantage of the two names being together, where they, where they say Disney and 20th century Fox present. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they'll do the collab of the logos and all that shit. Yeah. Like guaranteed that's probably gonna happen. So Guaranteed, yeah. Well it's gonna be some interesting times ahead of us. <laughs> you know. Well, we'll see. Yep. Yeah. Maybe they'll stop making Gotham. <clears throat> Bullshit. Um I like the show. I, mean, I hate that show. <laughs> but um yeah, anyway, moving on to some um Amazon uh, news here. So Am- Amazon is another. Uh, well, I would say Amazon has a an arm that create entertainment as well, and apparently there is a Lord of the Rings TV series in the works. You of know, course. you know, and uh, in corp in like with they're they're saying that JJ uh, JRR sorry JRR not the other one, um, Tolkien uh, his his estate well he's dead but I should just say his estate is um, working with Warner Brothers to their shop uh, more or less they're I guess they're pitching it now, and um, I, I like I I kind of want to see what they would do with this. But I kind of don't don't want to see. <laughs> like you know, I I don't know, I don't know how I feel about this just yet. Like I really enjoyed the movies, but I just don't know how I feel about a television show, um, of that caliber and stuff like that. Unless they're just gonna like I don't know, run back through the books again or something. Uh, um, like what when we talked about that, this was brought up uh, in the Gaming Rebellion admin chat earlier, and so I kind of wanted to just toss it in here and and see what you guys thought about it. My my initial thoughts were that maybe they're going to go and try to make a series um, and have it like, there was a lot of things that Peter Jackson himself said, I could not put in this into the movie. Like it just would not have fit with my story arc. I could not put this character in the movie because I don't think I would have got the essence of this character. Right. So there's a lot of stuff in the books that just, never got covered in the movie and fans of the Mm. books, you know, say criticize the movies about that and say, well, it left out this and it left out that and blah, blah, blah. So I could see this as a, like, if I'm trying to be optimistic, I could see this as a, we're going to explore aspects of the book that Peter Jackson didn't get into the films. So 
we're still going to know the over arc, right? We're still going to know that Frodo starts his journey and that by the end of the series, Frodo will end his journey by throwing the ring into, uh, you know, the uh, Mordor, right? So we know, we know the beginning and we know the end already. And if you're looking at that from the director's standpoint or the screenwriter standpoint or whoever, they're going to be saying, okay, well, how do we fill it? with stuff that's going to keep people's attention from the beginning to the end. Um, mm. You know what I mean? And I will give them that with Jeff, whatever his name is, the guy from Amazon throwing, you know, just pouring money into this. He could probably make it great. Like he, or he could, he could probably get people to make it great, not him make it great, but he could probably get enough people to make it great and, and enough money flown into it to make it good. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's so soon. Like, the, fu- mm-hmm. the fucking Lord of the Ring. Uh, it's just why they were good movies. They were good movies. Why do they need to be remade so quickly? I just don't understand money. that. Yeah, because money. <laughs> money, and that's the shitty money. part. I guess that's the you know. <sighs> anyway, I'll stop ranting. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you think, Alyssa, about this movie? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I never really watched Lord of the Rings, so I can't say either way. Oh my goodness. I know. Uh, see, I, Sorry, w- I, I would instantly make fun of you. Went down. Go ahead. What? I was going to say, I would instantly make fun of you, but I've never seen the Harry Potter movies, so we're even. There we go. It's an even exchange. I, 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 I'm guilty of that. No, yeah, one of, I, I do. I do Harry Potter, to... that's all I'm saying. No, to be fair, to be fair, mm-hmm. Harry Potter has like eight movies and Lord of the Rings has like what six in the whole franchise so oh. I know I gotta get on top and watch those movies but it's just like when they came out I was just like oh they're so long and I, I figured <laughs> that it's it's probably a franchise I would love so I know these are one of these things I, I have to get on top of so well, well as far as I know sorry the, the, if my nerd cred has gone down the, the crazy thing about that though is is that the the last three movies, right? Um, the Hobbit movies were all about one book, right? You, they like three movies about one book, whereas the original trilogy was three movies about three different books that were all extremely long, you know. And it's it's like I can see where they would have room, I guess, to to actually do things like Peter Jackson straight up changed things for the for the movie, you know, that, that changed shit in the book. And it was more just to help move the story arc along, you know? And, uh, so I don't know. Like, I, I have a feeling we'll see a lot of stuff in the, in the show that it will probably be straight out of the book to try and make the book people happy. Um, and they'll just have to like oh. play it off. So I you know what? There actually is one Lord of the Rings movie I've seen—the really old animated Hobbit. <laughs> I saw that too. Oh. Uh, that was on some streaming service actually recently, and I remember watching like half of it before I fell asleep one night. And it was like, man, how did this fucking? <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious watching it. Well, I I remember watching it when I was a kid, but you know, this was I I didn't know it was part of like lord of the rings or anything i was just like oh this has this animated movie about this weird little humanoid creature man uh <laughs> that's just apparently a hobbit and i actually don't remember much about it except for like the scene with Gollum. and i remember Gollum was just like some weird frog man <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and they made him look mm-hmm. like some frog man it was just 
It's just so weird. I remember it's, it's actually. I was gonna say, yeah, I remember it actually scaring me a little bit. The the final scene of that where you know Gollum goes invisible and then bites his finger off. I remember that really fucking with my head as a kid. Him biting his finger off, like that really kind of messed with my head. Like, oh my god, this is a cartoon, and he just bit his finger off. Like, what? <laughs> like, does he get it back? Like, I don't understand. What, like, what's going on right now? <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. That's seventies animation for you. Yep. I, I mean, oh, I, yeah. That's a whole other topic about animation then and animation now. No, not, <laughs> not not discrediting any of the animators that that live today and do what they do today, because I'm sure it's still difficult work. But you want to talk about really difficult work back in the day, making that shit frame by frame, drawing all that shit. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit, son. Anyway, it's not it's not an envious task. I'll tell you that. Way. <laughs> it's not at all. There's still hand drawn animation, but there know, is. But I'm can't. just saying, not on the scale though. Like they had yeah. to, they had to yeah. do it page by page by page, and if you slightly messed up on how the actor said something, and it really was way off of the animation, they'd have to redraw the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, yeah. it was now, stop motion animation. Now that's a that's a labor of love. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm just saying, I guess today's technology with animation, it's a little bit easier. You can you can access all a whole bunch of frames at once, whereas somebody back in the day would have to do all those over again. You know what I mean? No, that's true. So anyway. Yeah. So uh, good luck to Jeff uh, Bezos. That's the uh, Amazon CEO. And, you know, it, it turns out he's looking to buy the rights to the television show. Um, I don't know if they're going to actually I'm sure they'll use it to some some um, level, um, I'm assuming. <laughs> that's, well, a, that's a smart move. Hmm? That's a smart move. He's gonna buy the rights to the show if he because the, the television rights. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a failure, and then someone wants to pick it up, he'll still make money if someone makes his success because they have to pay him to use the show. Uh, if it's a flop, I doubt somebody would come and snatch it up immediately and try to. It would like be a years. <laughs> no, down I'm, I'm saying, it will happen immediately, but I'm saying people. Some some shows end up being bad, and then you know down the line, years later, it's a reboot. But if he buys the rights, the person who's doing the show still has to pay him. So it's just about idea, just case. He's just he's just having a little. He's doing what they say. He's just um, you know making sure he gets money either way. Well, if you like the end of that article, like is kind of what led me into our next topic. And I, I, I know I'm not trying to take your job, Lance, and switch our topics on us, but like <laughs> it, it, basically the, the end of the article reads that they're they're trying to have a Game of Thrones tone or it's likely that they'll have a Game of Thrones tone is how it was worded. And it just is like, man why like you don't have to make lord of the rings all dark and gritty or i i, I just have a feeling they're gonna do really uh vulgar stuff for no reason like i have i guarantee you we're gonna see some naked elves and like if, if they're going in the direction of game of thrones or if that's their inspiration when going into this you know what i mean like we're gonna see some like aragorn banging the shit out of some tavern wench <laughs> or some shit like like yeah we're just gonna see some crazy stuff and it's like man you don't have to have that in there like it like there wasn't anything crazy like that in the movies. Like I don't understand. We still love those movies, right? So like, I don't know. Um, I just hope. Uh, again, that's going into our next topic, which is you know I I wanted to bring up the discussion with the group of what do you guys think about shows 
that have what I'm going to start calling Game of, Game of Thrones syndrome, where it's like you 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 have this pet, you have Game of Thrones on a pedestal of people love this show. How can we adapt our show to be just like Game of Thrones so that we get these type of numbers, right? Well, it it all depends on what they th- what they mean by oh, it's a Game of Thrones style show because Game of Thrones in itself was, you know, it's it's not like a show like Game of Thrones hasn't existed before, or at least I'm I'm assuming that there has been shows that are like Game of Thrones. Like there are dark and violent and you know shows. I think, yeah, I, I get what Nathan's saying. And I get what you're saying, Alyssa. But I I think like um, there there has been for many years on cable networks shows similar to Game of Thrones. Maybe not set in that particular genre but in that edginess and darkness and stuff like that um whereas hbo has had that very long running history of having shows like game of thrones that has that sort of intensity and um rawness and you know the the sex scenes and rated r stuff and whatnot um but i also i would agree with nate that this is it seems like because it's because this whole edginess and rated r and like this whole darkness has worked so well for game of thrones now everybody wants to copy some part of it in their show and thinking that oh this will work for them too when it's not necessary at all like you know just tell your own story it's like i'm not coming to watch star trek for game of thrones i want to see star trek which is is the article we attach to this topic if you guys want to click on it which is the star trek the new star trek discovery showrunners have said on multiple occasions that Game of Thrones is their inspiration and it's who they model themselves after when producing this show or when making this show. And it's it's just like, man, Star Trek is not fucking Game of Thrones. Like, this makes my blood boil because I, I love Star Trek and I refuse to watch Discovery, man. Like, I, I saw in a trailer what they were doing to Klingons and I was like, nope, not going to get into that <laughs> shit. Nope. There's nothing wrong with being inspired by something. It's another thing to just take something and just put it in like a weird context that just doesn't fit, you know, the the lore, the lore the media. Like, I, I get what you're saying, Nate. Like, I'm guessing, like, I don't know. What am I trying to say here? Uh, I guess, like, they're just taking, like, dramatic cues from Game of Thrones. It's one thing. And they're trying to see like if they could apply that to star trek which i give them props for like trying to do something different but if you know if i haven't seen the new star trek series so if people are saying that it just doesn't work for star trek then you know if it doesn't work you know if it doesn't flow it it doesn't it shouldn't matter what the media is or you know uh, or um you know, the source material, you just need to tell a good story. You have to know the right beats, the right way to, to deliver a scene. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. all it really comes down to. Like, you, you know, you could, I don't care if you're taking like My Little Pony and making it into like a, a grim, dark, edgy, <laughs> you know, violent show. Like, you can do that. Just it make sure it's good. <laughs> no. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Actually, you're, you're right. Actually, you know, that don't don't take that suggestion. <laughs> I was just throwing in an example. Like, it doesn't matter the source material. Like, okay, the source material can matter, but just 
Do a good story. I guess guess my counter to that or my argument to that is there's some things that maybe you shouldn't use as inspiration if it's going to throw your show off. Well, yeah. If people are expecting something. Star Trek in specific or in particular is a show that is supposed to be about uh, exploration. Uh, It's supposed to be about, you know, coming up cross a new problem each week and solving it somehow and uh you know yeah like that that's the base that's what that's how star trek started at least right and then now Mm. you're trying to say like the only star trek that that had well uh, deep space nine had a uh, it had it uh around season four i might be incorrect on this but somewhere around the mid uh the midway point of the show they started having this over arc with the Cardassians and shit going on and stuff like that. And it it was a basis for the show, but then it really took off and it was a war story. Uh, And Voyager uh, was about them getting home. Right. But um, if you look at like the next generation and the original, it was just them on crazy missions every fucking week. Like every week they would just, something would be going wrong and they'd have to figure it out and shit like that. And then you're going to try and take something like Discovery, right? And then you're looking at Game of Thrones that has this crazy arc. Not only does it have a crazy arc, but it has a, a, a fucking a best-selling book series behind it, right? So, like, you have all this material for it and, and this crazy story arc that's going to be seven, eight seasons long, whatever. And then it's like Star Trek Discovery has nothing for a, for a backing, and you're warping... Everything I don't know. Like I feel like I, I feel you, Alyssa, on the inspiration. On they may maybe it's just like this. Uh, maybe it's just for you know scenes and stuff like that. But the way they just decimated some of the other stuff that I hold dear with Star Trek, it's like man, you're taking something and just molding it, and then saying, oh, we like this other show, <laughs> so we're gonna murder ours and the franchise because we're modeling ourselves after a show that has nothing to do with what do not even close you know what i mean like one is sci-fi one's medieval fantasy you know what i mean like i don't even know how the two could compare as far like i get what you're saying as far as it could compare in plot points and how an actor reacts and how a scene is shot up and you know like like i i get that aspect of it but that's what i'm saying is like if you're having that same inspiration for something that is a genre not even of your own like it's going to mess with how you shoot your shit and it's going to mess with potentially what your stuff could be. If you were just being genuine and on your own and not saying, I want to model myself after game of Thrones. I hear you. I mean, I'm all for seeing like an original sci-fi series that that's similar to game of Thrones with like Kings and Queens, like replace Kings and Queens with like maybe alien conquerors, you know? Uh, So, you know, I'm all for that, but I can't see like, star trek doing that yeah there there is a there's actually a show on sci-fi that's was touted i, I think it got canceled actually it's called the extent or something like that oh, that was right. actually modeled yeah so that that didn't work um oh. <laughs> but I, I would say the only because i watched the show i watched the show weekly so it's like the only thing i see game of throne ish about star trek discovery is with the klingons and how because in every well, almost every episode, they when we spend time with the Klingons, it's about them because apparently 
this the discovery is about this war because I, if I remember correctly, in the past shows and movies, there have been references to this war that they had with the Klingons before. Because the, the the shows that we know were like in the future, way way in the future after this whole war thing with the Klingons, and this this show is about that war and what happened but and this, stuff like that. And the only game before Kirk is it is. A, this right. is before Kirk, um, and right along, young, um, what was the Vulcan name? Um, his best friend. I forgot his name now. Spock. Spock. Uh, Fred Spock. Sp- How do you? Yes, I did. Spock's <laughs> name. God, my, my brain doesn't work. <laughs> Spock is actually he was actually mentioned in the show. Um, you don't get to see what young Spock looks like or anything, um, but he, he apparently. He's kind of like six degrees of separation to one of the main character, which is also a Vulcan. Um, uh, her name is Michael in this um, in this show. But the only Game of Thrones reference that I've seen so far is just with the Klingon, uh, Klingons and how savage they are. When they do the fight scenes and when they kill each other, and they do, it's really brutal. Um, and, um, you know, way more than what you expect for a CBS show. But then again, it's streaming. You know, Netflix gave them like eight million dollars to, you know, to seed into making the show as well. So um, mm-hmm. I, I can see that there. But for like the overall thing about Star Trek, um, it's starting to get back into a bit of what Star Trek is about, which is the whole exploration, meeting new species and stuff like that. And, um, you know, just solving this problem this week or whatever. So there's been a little bit of that, whereas the overall arching thing is this whole war with the Klingon things going on. Um, but that's the only info I've seen so far. I haven't really seen it affect like Star Trek, the Federation side of things. Not really. Man, either. there's a fungus that lets them teleport. Don't get me started. Dude. Uh, Don't get me fucking so, started. Yes. There's so (laughs) many wrong things with this shit. There's so like so many. Anyway, I I just I like I get updates from my buddy who watches it and like he tells Uh, me this ridiculous shit that's going on in the show and like I'm so glad that I don't watch it just because of the shit that he tells me. It is really ridiculous because it's not like um I I remember certain things in Voyager and next generation where when the ship was in like voyager had a lot of experiments about their warp drive um trying to make it faster and see like try to break that theoretical barrier that they had oh before. yeah and they did it, yeah. they did by and the end of, by the end of that series they had they had made advancements to voyager that would fucking take the federation decades and centuries ahead in technology like they had right they had a bunch of shit that's it's a bunch of nerddom for a different road for a different time but yeah, <laughs> yeah. like i yeah so, go ahead with with this particular and yes it is actually called a spore drive <laughs> it's um so apparently there are all these is almost like on the level of the metachlorians um <laughs> apparently so there's there's space fungus <laughs> and um so and apparently they're like all over the universe. They're just these living things that live in space and they can like they can just be out there, you know, no suits or anything like that. And they've been experimenting with this new biological drive called a spore drive and um which would allow them to just like instantly teleport from one area to the next and stuff like that. Except the biological component of it 
will most likely either die or go insane. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I was going to say, which leads to two avenues. One, they either just created some shit that makes everything else that Star Trek has ever, uh, ever had obsolete. Mm-hmm. Right. That and if they try to end the show with this shit still functional, it just fucks everything. It else. wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, it would yeah. not make any sense with anything else. Right. And B, that makes you logically think, okay, well, obviously they can't end with this because that's not what people have. If they're trying to stay true to Star Trek, that's not what, you know, the Federation has capable of or whatever. And nor does mm. any other civilization for that matter. So something's going to have to happen so that all this spore stuff goes away. And obviously it's going to go away at the worst moment when they need it to get away or what, you know, whatever the case may be. But um, yeah, like I, just bad. I think that's the end. Yeah. I think it's just going to end in a way where it's really bad for that ship and it's cruel because we know in the future of this federation of star trek there is no drive like that and any sort of experimentation on that particular warp drive stuff technology was only ever done with voyager which then they propelled and it was still within their warp drive thing you know so i have a feeling where they're going with this and i it's probably going to happen in the first season because i don't foresee them using this thing now to be fair in in the next generation this just is just going way down into a nerd rabbit hole of star trek but in the next generation there was a technology um that was it let ships go through solid matter um, there was this ah, technology that. where this ship somehow got lodged into an asteroid and it was this major conspiracy thing where Riker used to work for this former admiral. Anyway, they're trying to retrieve this technology and the technology is literally it lets it's not just a cloaking device. It'll make you invisible, but it basically just dematerializes you and then rematerializes you. And for some reason, um, obviously that was like one episode and they never got talked right. about again. So in fairness, this is not the first time that Star Trek has done some weird crate shit that doesn't make sense, yeah. but to have so many in a row for a new show, it, it's just discouraging. You know what I mean? Like I could see if they tried to, to introduce this Spungus four way down the line and it was only a, around for a few episodes or whatever. And then that's why you never heard of it before, but to introduce mm. it so early as their base standard for, we don't have warp drive. So how do we get around fast? Oh, let's create some new shit that nobody ever heard of. Like this just sounds stupid. So I'm sorry. Listen, Dwayne, I know I'm boring you to fucking death <laughs> with the Star Trek shit. Dwayne's over there snoring. (laughs) What? Huh? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, you you know, this is more like a Nate and Lance conversation. I like like Star Trek, but, you know, I'm not that deep. (laughs) You know, I I mean, I I, I, I only like Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Those more two I like, and original. Right, they're they're like among the most popular series um, with the franchise. Uh, after that, and, everything else could just um, be over there. <laughs> so, yeah. Alyssa, as somebody who does not really care about Star Trek either way, like, what are your interpretations of the new show, just based on what you've seen, whether that's trailers or whatever? Like, what's your interpretation of the new show? Like, do you not care either way still? Like, does it look interesting enough that you would want to see it? I mean, I'm kind of interested. Uh, I don't care. The perspective of <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. I have, uh, I, it's not even that I have family and friends that are like big trickies and 
they said they started watching mm. the show and they said it's pretty bad. So I, I believe them. So <laughs> I, I don't think it's like, I think it's, well, that's another thing I didn't get into as to why people didn't quite like the show because it's more action based. And I like I heard, it's, well, it's I, war. I heard so. different. I heard, <laughs> like, like, oh, I heard people actually like it from my, from my, but people, from friends that I have, they said they actually like the show. That's why I was like, it, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a huge step away from what they were doing. It's horrible yeah. when a comedy based show, the Orville, is better than Star Trek Discovery. It's more in tune with Star <laughs> Trek. Like, if you go watch the Orville, I will advocate Orville all day because now Orville did, had, did have one like bad episode. It was just bad. It was horrible. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking with that episode, but anyway, um, it did have one bad one. But it for overall, uh, it has been great thus far, and it is. Tr- really true to the star trek feel and just it's it's so shitty that you have this third party show that you know just a a star trek like seth mcfarland is a huge star trek fan and so it's it's just crazy to like see a fan with the money and expertise in film and and media and stuff to be able to make his own version of star trek and not call it star trek and it still be so star trek like that it's like you know i don't know it's so good. If you haven't seen the Orville, I definitely recommend going and watching the Orville because the funniness is is just as good as the sci-fi aspect to it. Um, so, anyway, it's just sad when it's like that's more Star Trek than the show that's actually got the name Star Trek. You know what I mean? Like it's. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I wouldn't quite agree with that, but I've seen both. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of well, Orville. You um, fucking suck, Lance, because Orville. <laughs> Like I don't, I didn't really like the first episode. I was just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Just, what? Yeah, it was just too much. It was like, mm, I guess because I'm just I'm into comedy like that, so it's just like I was like, ah, it's too on the nose for me. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess you gotta like Seth, you, you gotta like Seth MacFarlane humor. I guess if you like his yeah. stuff, then you'll probably like Orville. And if you don't, which I do, I right. love his stuff. So I, that's another big reason. So I, I could definitely see why somebody might it might not be their cup of tea for sure because you can definitely yeah. tell the I mean, jokes are timed and written by him like you can tell you know what i mean yeah so. and I, I i agree with you on the the feel of the show is very star trek and even um it it kind of feels like old school first star trek not generation but like you know kirk star trek you know like, yeah it's got the moments where like it just does cheesy stuff that that like next generation used to do where it's like something will happen like she actually does have the virus dun 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 and then it'll go to commercial you know what i mean <laughs> oh like, it was just cheesy 90s shit and like he totally wrapped that into a new sci-fi somehow and i just i appreciate it for that if anything else you know what i mean so uh yeah, yeah that's fine. anyway <laughs> yeah yeah well uh yeah uh good luck see the uh i guess cbs showrunners um with your d- discovery and your game of thrones syndrome um <laughs> please don't do that no one nobody wants that trust me yeah. nobody wants that in their star trek just keep stay away um yeah, because we're running over time now, so you know. But we just have to get this out here. Maybe we should have like an episode where we like round out the season one of it. We invite, um, you know, Zach on and everything, and we can all just argue about whether or not it's good or not. <laughs> um, I don't watch it, so I'm, I'm going to say it's bad. 
I'll send you I'll send you my login and you can just watch it and uh you know you let me know how you feel how you feel about it. Shh, don't tell CBS I share my login. It's okay. It's okay. But anyway, you should never um, share your username and password. Oh, it's, it's wrong. It's wrong. No. But anyway. Uh Thank you for listening. We bring this brings us to the end. Um, you know, uh, definitely check out GameRebellion.com. Uh, you can find the majority of our shows there. All you know, majority of our episodes, I should say, um, on GameRebellion.com. Check out the community. Check out the really cool articles that go up every day. Um, those guys work really hard to do what they do over there to give you quality stuff. Um, you can also check us out on Twitter. And also on Facebook, like, you know, if you, whichever you feel more comfortable talking to us on. Um, and you can find the show itself on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music Play. It's free. Doesn't cost you anything. You know, you leave, leave a comment, leave a like, whatever, you know. Yay. Um, we see that we've had a growth in our in our, our listenership, and we appreciate all the new listeners. We, we don't know who you are, but thank you for listening. Um, we really appreciate that. Every little bit helps. And, um, you know, that's it for now, guys. We really appreciate you for listening. Until next time, bye-bye for now. Bye, guys. Later. Later. Three she sells. (laughs)